Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. And in this episode, Kevin Close and I are going to tell you about our Adventures by Disney Ama Waterways River Cruise uh, that we did last November. I'm joined at the table by our panel of expert, Kevin Close, <laughs> Client Services Manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. That's a lot of pressure. It is. You're the only expert at the table. And our producer, Craig Williams. I wasn't there, so I'm definitely not an expert. So, um, just Kevin and I today talking to you about our river cruise. Um, as I mentioned, this was back in November of 2009, uh, 2018. We had done a show uh, for Christmas from our house where we talked about the Christmas markets and also the Disney difference of doing a river cruise on an Adventures by Disney trip versus what we've done recently, we've done other times with Viking. So this is going to be more about um, the ship, the food, the itinerary, things we didn't cover in that show, and also um, things folks have been asking us for, too, as they were looking for a more sort of comprehensive review of this cruise. Um, just so folks know that um, this cruise was different than a normal cruise. It's a This was the Danube River cruise, and it was the Christmas markets cruise, so it was heavily focused on that. It's also a slightly different itinerary than Adventures by Disney and Ama do for this particular sailing, and it's very different from what's not very different, and it's different from what's being offered in 2020. So, just sort of keep all that in mind as we talk about this river cruise and our experience, and that things will be a little bit different and tweaked if you are going to. Um, have it another time. So before we go into the, the, the itinerary itself, we had some issues because of the water levels. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? I'd Kevin. like to start someplace else. If you give me a minute. Sure. I'll just go completely off my script and I'll be lost, but that's oh, okay. No, that's okay. Um, <clears throat> one of the questions I get frequently is from people who are familiar with Disney ocean cruises or any, um, ocean going vessel. The only thing that two have in common is the word cruise. They are wildly different in that you need to look at a river cruise ship as your hotel and your restaurant. They have a multi-purpose room where they might have talks about your next destination or they might get to know your guides or they might even have like a little musical combo. But that is the sum of the entertainment. Uh, I'm sorry? I had a whole thing about the ship. So let me give you some stats on the ship. Okay. So you can see the difference between maybe an ocean cruise and a river cruise. Um, this, the Amalia, had 78 staterooms for a total of 156 passengers and 51 crew. So this is a small ship with not many people on it. It's 443 feet long and 38 feet wide. So, again, very different so you can imagine that there's much less venues, there's fewer staterooms, fewer stateroom options. People often, sort of when they're cruising, doing an ocean cruise, refer to the ship as the destination. I'm just going because the ship is the destination. That is not true when you're on a river cruise. It is transportation, it is your hotel room, and it is a restaurant. It's where you'll eat most of your meals and where you'll sleep. There is very little entertainment during nice weather. The Amalia had a pool up on top. That's unusual. Uh, there the pool's was, actually heated, believe it or not. We didn't use it and never would have used it. But it's It was 26 pool. degrees. Yeah. It would have, you know, had to be in a steam room, too. Exactly. Um, closing glass. It's just a different thing. It's just, it's, it's much less 
there's much less to do on board. However, there's a stop most days. So you're you're going on one of these to venture off the ship and explore your destination. Since we're talking about the ship, let's let's keep going in that direction. Um these ships were the ship was beautiful. And these ships are beautiful. We actually had a chance to see more than one because when they dock, they kind of line up. So you pass from one cruise ship to another, um, river cruise ship to another. Um, Scandinavian design, is that how you would describe it? Um, And Viking cruises, yes. On this cruise, I would say more sort of casual modern on the Amalia ship. It didn't have that sort of Scandinavian feel to it to me. Just sort of modern hotel but nice i mean everybody was really nice and we were there at christmas and we watched them decorate the ship for christmas it was lovely but again it's your hotel room and your transportation and your food to show you what sort of limited things they have there's a there's a a top deck and that has a sun deck the pool a walking track an observation lounge and that's kind of it it's pretty much just a flat deck where these things exist. Um, then there's another deck that has the bar lounge combo. That's the multi-purpose room. Most right. of the cruise ships have that. They would hold historical discussions. Viking has a lot of um, those. When you are preparing to arrive in a port the next day, they kind of tell you the cultural importance of this port on the – Amalia and the Disney cruise, they used it to get to know the guides. They would have kids' activities in there. There were not children on the cruise we did, but that's where they would hold children's activities. In the afternoon, it becomes a cocktail lounge with uh, appetizer-type things out. And at night, it is it is a lounge. Right. A couple evenings they did have – they showed movies, and you know, pretty much they took out a screen – and projected a movie onto a screen. It was not anything fancy. Um, Kevin, that is not the reason you're going on a river cruise. You're going on a river cruise to visit the destinations the cruise stops at. Right. The ship also had a gift shop. Very, very small gift shop. But they had some fun things in it. I purchased a couple things. Yeah. They, had, they also, what was really nice is this was different from the Viking cruise in that they had some toiletries or things like you might need like aspirin and band-aids and things like that in case you you know forgot something or weren't going to be able to get off and buy something so the things on the viking ship were very um directed towards viking you could buy a hat uh with their logo on it or a fleece jacket or a polo shirt a couple of books it was very very minor this was a little bit broader they had christmas stuff out there in addition to that there is a main dining room there's a main restaurant and that's pretty much the main restaurant mm-hmm. we'll talk about something else that's available too but this is breakfast lunch dinner whenever it's served um breakfast and lunch are usually a buffet with a menu right um so i mean, we'll go into food later but you know, this is it. This is where you're going to sit and eat, where everybody goes. There's no assigned tables like on other cruise ships, but usually what happens is people get to know each other and they, they go and gravitate towards the same tables over and over mm-hmm. again, the same people. In addition to the main restaurant, there's something called the Chef's Table, a much smaller venue, different area of the ship. We're going to talk about that in detail as well when we get to it, but it's another option and... um it's a specialty restaurant. It's there's no charge for it, 
but you do have to make a reservation. There's a limited number of seats. There's a limited number of seats. Usually it's, you know, you'll be able to eat there once during your cruise. Um, they will have, there's an outside terrace off of the bar and lounge where you could eat if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And um, there is room service in the suites only. And it's very limited. It's like and only a, at breakfast. Yeah, continental breakfast and coffee. So there's no in-room dining option per se. Um, unbelievably on this ship, there's a massage and hair salon, which I visited. It's very, very tiny. There is a fitness room and there is an elevator that goes between one and a half floors, basically. <laughs> so um, if you need an elevator, you need to make sure that the elevator visits all the floors you would need it to. Uh, the least expensive staterooms are on a floor where the elevator didn't go. That was true on both ships, on the Viking ships and on the Alma Waterways ship. Let's talk about staterooms while we're talking about what's on the ship. Uh, we were in a suite for our particular sailing, but there are nine classes of staterooms, you know, anywhere from balcony staterooms to um, windowed outside staterooms. There's no interior staterooms on this cruise. Um, And when you think about the lowest sort of uh, category you can book, you're talking about something that has little tiny porthole windows. That is the least expensive. Almost can't see. Did I say most? It's the it's the least expensive stateroom you can be. It's a smaller room, and it does have a couple of smaller windows. I had a chance to see all the staterooms. I'm going to get some pictures to Craig, and we'll put those in as we talk about it. But I thought they were all beautiful. I thought they were extremely well decorated and appointed um, staterooms. You know, it's a matter of you know what's important to you. Do you need a balcony? Do you need to be high up on the ship? Uh, location will dictate price on the ship, you know, but again, these are small ships. So it's not like, Oh, I'm all the way in the back. I have to walk so far. These are not, these are very doable ships. I would also say that there are many seating areas around the ship. It's, um, um, you would see people sitting and reading or playing cards or chatting or having cocktails that the staterooms, especially the smaller ones, the less expensive ones, that's why they have these spaces for you. They're sort of communal spaces. But you would see people watching movies on their iPad or um, listening to music. So you would see people all over the ship in these seating areas. It's kind of more a communal type thing. Yeah, And the, the TVs in the staterooms had a great selection of movies, all for right. free. Mm-hmm. Um, some good stuff you could watch. But, you know, these, these are small staterooms. Again, these lounging. ships are built for you to visit the places that the ships go. One of the things I want to specifically talk about here is that AMA has built new ships that have connecting staterooms. They're built for families. They're one of the first, I think they're the first uh, river cruise companies that are catering to people with kids. You can, uh, I think children as young as four are allowed. Viking allows only people over the age of 18. So... AMA is offering families a chance, excuse me, <coughs> AMA is offering uh, families a chance to cruise together. They also have, as John said, connecting staterooms. So larger families can travel together, multi-generational families. And one of the things that really impressed me about these connecting staterooms um, was when you're in a, a hotel room, a lot of times the connecting door is like right across from the foot of the bed. 
So you open your door, the other room opens their door, and it's kind of like you guys are facing each other right. bed to bed. Vike, uh, Ama has done something I think is actually brilliant in that the connecting door is far into the stateroom, all the way to the back of the stateroom in what's typically a sitting area. So there's a small table with two chairs and then the connecting door is there so that when the door is open, the rooms are accessible, but it's not like in your face, you know, connecting staterooms. I think it's a really smart design that they've done. Let's talk a little bit about um, suite amenities. Kevin and I, like I said, had a suite. There are some perks that come with booking a suite you don't get for other staterooms. I mentioned the limited room service. There is a continental breakfast and they'll bring you coffee. Um, there's free laundry service in suites, uh, which we took advantage of <laughs> quite often. The uh, staterooms are on a sliding scale. There's uh, basic amenities that every stateroom gets. And the higher you go on the stateroom cost, the more amenities come with that. That even includes boarding the ship. The suites in the larger balcony staterooms get to board earlier than the rest of the folks. And then in addition to uh, free laundry service, there is uh, uh, drinks are put in your room. They will stock your refrigerator for you. You can ask, they'll ask you what you like to drink, and they'll try to keep that stocked for you. And then throughout the day, there's always fruit being delivered and things like that being delivered. The amenities of a suite, the um, that doesn't, for me, doesn't bode for bit booking a suite for us it's really the space we wanted a bigger stateroom there's a sitting area there the bed is a little bit separate there's a bigger bathroom so it had some things that we wanted the way we like to travel but i don't believe it's like a great you know experience to have a suite on agree with that is that on viking the suite comes with unlimited drinks there is no you get the Silver Spirits package if you book the largest suite on a Viking ship. I don't believe that was true with... That is true. That is actually something that kind of threw me was we, uh, you had soda in the room, diet soda in the room, and we had gone out to the lounge one afternoon just to hang out, and I ordered a soda, and they charged me for it. And I'm like, well, I can walk four steps. But you also, we, during happy hour, that wasn't the case. Drinks during happy hour were allowed. But other times of the day, you did have to pay for them. If you book a suite on a Viking ship, those things are included. Let's go back to itinerary real quick, okay. and then I want to end up with food, because that's the biggest question we got a lot about mm-hmm. the sailing, was how was the food on the sailing? So again, this is a... The cruise we were on is a little bit different. I am going to talk a little bit about the what it read in the brochure. And again, ours was a little bit abridged from that. Um, we started in Budapest. You have an overnight in Budapest. So there's ample opportunity to visit the city. And as with any river cruise you book, any company you book, there's included shore excursions. There's included activities with Disney and Adventures by Disney. There's more. Um, there's usually an option for more than one. And then there's always the idea that when you're traveling with children, they do a separate activity for children. So there's always that sort of plus when you do an Adventures by Disney River Cruise. There's also a difference. Uh, I would tell you that Viking, again, because it appeals to an older clientele, the excursions are more historical 
visiting historical places. On the Disney cruise, they try and take you in depth so you get a feel for the people who live in the area you're visiting. Um, One of the stops was you go to a farm where they grow the fruit and you make, I think, was it apricot jam or what? You make jam with the family that owns the farm. That is not an excursion you would find on Viking. So there is a difference that way. Um, so we, you, go ahead. Okay. I thought you were going to finish your thought. Kind of did. Okay. In Budapest, some of the things you can do is you'll visit the Central Market Hall, the Equestrian Park. This was a big deal. People went to see the horses. Um, then you move on to Vienna. There's Schönbrunn Palace. Schönbrunn Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a marionette show. There's a tour of Vienna. This is not lacking uh, for activities. These uh, things are included, by the way. I These are included, included in the cost. Yep. You get the little headset with the little earpiece, and there's a, there's the adventure guides. There's local guides for sure. Um, we went to Krems and Melk, and there's castle tours, and there's a gourmet walking tour. Um, on to Linz in Austria, and they do a tour of Salzburg. They actually do the same tour that you did on your uh, Central Europe ABD of the salt mine and all of that. So they go in there, slide down the slide, and ride yeah. in the trolley and all that fun stuff. That's what I was going to say when uh, you were describing Vienna. It's pretty much that's one of the days of the itinerary of the Central uh, Europe ABD for that to go into Schönbrunn and marionette show and all of that. So they went to that restaurant you love on this. That was a big deal. Oh, the um, the eight eight seventeen or something like that. Yeah, I, I I wish I could remember the name, but I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I'm awful. You're not required to participate in any excursion if you want to explore on your own your only requirement is that you are at the ship before it moves um but i think it's great is that they include those activities that you guys have done that you thought were really good that you've experienced and thought were really cool so the fact that now you're on a river cruise you're seeing more you're doing more yeah expands the adventure those those excursions i mean those that's the backbone of these adventure by disney trips so the fact that they're included, I mean, I don't want to say it's what you would expect from an ABD river cruise, but at the very least, you would hope it. Whereas you were pointing out with like the Viking with our ocean cruise, uh, you know, I know ocean cruising and river cruising are two different things. But like for the ocean cruise that we did around the boot, you basically with the free tour that was included with uh, with your stateroom, it was just a, a real quick hour two hour sightseeing tour so you had to throw down an extra hundred dollars two hundred dollars per person to do the exciting things mm-hmm. that you want to do tour. when you go to these cities so when you think about it that that with a river cruise an abd river cruise that the same exact excursions mm-hmm. that you can get on the vacations are already in there that justifies so much of the, of the cost price, right there yeah a hundred percent the other thing they did too craig was they had many opportunities for just transportation so it'd be like okay so you're going to do your excursion your excursion lasts two hours but you also have the option we're going to let you off in the center of town and then at four yeah. o'clock the bus will bring you back and things like that so it's i think it's a great experience i mean i love the river cruising we don't do the shore excursions for a variety of reasons, but it's a, such a great way to see those places. I never thought I'd get to see. Well, a lot of the places you visit, this was pointed out to me by someone who lives in Australia. 
the rivers were the highways. So the towns built up around the highway. So a lot of times you're stopping kind of in the center of the place you're going to. I will tell you that on the uh, on both ships, on both cruise companies, there are excursions where you can upgrade. I know on the AMA cruise, you could go shopping with the chef and pick out the things that were going to be served at dinner that night. That was an additional cost. So there are opportunities to do things like that. Right. Uh, after Linz was Passau in Germany, and then on to, after that was Vilshoven, and then that's your last day. And then usually people flew out of Munich, so there's a little bit of a ride from Vilshoven to Munich. So these are great, great destinations, great experiences. Um, and I think these are the reasons why you do a river cruise. You don't do a river cruise for your accommodations. You don't do it for the cuisine. You do it for um, the places it gets you that I don't think you'd ever get to on your own. Now, we talked about this before, but the two river cruise companies that we deal have dealt with, Viking and Ama, have a different um, idea of when to cruise. Because there are children on the Ama cruise, the company tends to cruise in the evening so that you're busy during the day and the ship moves from place to place. Uh, Viking realizes that their clientele is older and enjoys the scenery as mu- a-, a lot. So they tend to move the ship during the day and sometimes at night, but a lot of times at night they'll dock overnight at the, 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 the destination. One of the things on the Ama cruise, they sort of reversed that. And one day we were cruising and they announced to everybody that we were going to go through something called the Vakau Valley. And when you see the commercials on TV for any cruise company and they're taking you down the river and the castles are on both sides, that's what happens. It's it's spelled Wacow, W-C-H-A-U, I believe. They pronounce it Wacow. It was incredible. It was absolutely stunning. One of my favorite things we did. And we were there at winter, so some places had a little snow on top of it. You get to sit in the lounge and have a drink and watch the scenery go by. And there I was a little that. bit of narration from the captain. On the left, you'll see this. On the right, you'll see that. So it was really quite, quite lovely. This is a much slower-paced form of travel. It is your days are busy if you choose them to be. Uh, you can, as I said, explore on your own or participate in the excursion, but it is a much slower pace. Absolutely. Yeah. See, like for me, if I haven't already, if it wasn't for the fact that I was already in Central Europe, I think this would have been the way that I would have potentially wanted to see it one day. Like I think a lot of people out there, because on, on paper, you look at some of the cities and say, like, why do I need to go there at all? And but get a hotel room and stay overnight. Yeah, exactly. And, so that's a way to like get a taste of what they have and know know if you want to go back. And like with a lot of what I saw in Central Europe, I want to go back for longer trips to places like uh, Vienna and Salzburg. So, but even the uh, smaller cities, even the little yeah. tiny towns, have charm. Exactly, it's just a different yeah. charm. You never know what you're going to find. Yeah, and you know there are other now there are other sailings. They're doing the Seine and the Rhine and the Rhone. So, you know, there are other opportunities to see other places in Europe. I would Europe. tell you that the, the sailing on the Seine, which we've done, we did it with Viking. They take you to places that I think I had only ever heard of one of them. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite places was a little tiny town called Les Andelis. 
And it was this tiny little town at the foot of a mountain. And on the top of the mountain was a um, castle Castle that was Richard the Lionhearted castle. Mm-hmm. And I understand that people would, there were people that were with us that went to the top of it. And it was a strenuous hike up and a strenuous hike down. But the little town was lovely. Yeah. I would never say to you, I'm going to France to go to Les Andelis. Yeah. Unless you're covering the entire country and right. that's like what you're you're spending two weeks only going around places in france and like that's something that appeals to me one day but if i if i get to a point in my life in the next you know 15 years where i'm starting to say i don't have time for that anymore that's where this i think really jumps in an appeal for okay. me oh before we move on to food i want to just address one thing we talked a lot about how adventures by disney and ama have really gone for uh, family travel. They've really sort of concentrated on the kids traveling and stuff, but they do have adult only adult exclusive trips. Mm-hmm. These are, you know, usually when the kids are in school, September, October, December, they're usually over the, the festivals. There's Oktoberfest, Christmas markets, cruise, things like that. They are, uh, geared towards adults. So I don't want people to think, well, this is only good because there's kids, or I don't want to be on a cruise where there's going to be lots of kids. There's definitely an opportunity for adults to travel. I book many, many, many people who are adult only. We are. It's adult only. Adults travel. without children. But it's like going on traveling. a regular cruise ship. If you go on a Disney cruise ship, I see lots of adult only couples going on these cruise ships. It's not, these are not aimed at children. Right. I will tell you before we move on to food that if you are, if you have accessibility issues, no cruise line allows a scooter. River cruise line. No river cruise line allows a scooter. A wheelchair, a folding wheelchair, or a walker are allowed, but no mechanized vehicles. And that can be difficult for some people. Mm-hmm. And it's specifically because of the size of the ship and the and the areas. If there was a scooter on that ship, you couldn't get down the hallway. Right. You know, the other thing is that you use you uh, enter and exit via a gangplank, and this I don't know how to say this. The slope of the gangplank plank depends on the tide of the river. There's times when it's almost flat walking in, and then it's times when it's a hike up and a hike down. There was a there was a last stop where we had to climb to the top deck, use the stairs to get to the sun deck to disembark because the water was so low that the gangplank was even with the top deck. We never could have gotten off at a lower deck because actually right. you saw the wall. So something to keep in mind for sure. It's just, it, I get this a lot. Is it handicapped accessible? Yes, unless you need a motorized Scooter. form of transportation. So I want to move on to food. This is one of the biggest questions we get about this cruise. How was the food? And... I, I'm going to use my explanation and see if you agree with me. The, there was only two occasions where I remember the food. One was when it was very bad, and one when it was a surprise. It was surprisingly good. So while the food wasn't bad, it was certainly good food, and I enjoyed it, and I ate a lot. It's not like I can say to you, boy, this food was incredible. It didn't seem to me like it was super gourmet. Um, I felt that it was good. It wasn't great. Is I'm going to start with breakfast. Well, let me just, do you agree with that assessment? I thought the food was good. Yeah. There were a couple meals that were complete disasters, but I think that's true of 
it depends on what your expectations are. One of the disastrous meals is we were traveling over Thanksgiving. And if you have any thoughts that this is going to be a traditional Thanksgiving, it's not. But I also find that when we're traveling, we're disappointed by the offerings that even Disney restaurants offer, that nothing's going to resemble your Thanksgiving at home. You would have to go in any holiday meal where food is a tradition. I would go into it with the idea that that doesn't exist. That was my example of our bad meal. It was, But also it was there was a great deal of hype around Thanksgiving. We're going to have a traditional Thanksgiving and there's going to be turkey and dressing and it's going to be a traditional Thanksgiving. So we were looking forward to it and it was just sad. It was was a sad, sad, sad meal. Everything they served had been cut with a round cookie cutter. So everything (laughs) on your plate was round. It was oval. All right. So talk about breakfast. Breakfast is breakfast and lunch are going to appeal to everybody because there's everything out. There's a menu where you can order pancakes or an omelet or, um, there, you know, English muffin, Canadian bacon, what's that called? Eggs Benedict. But then there's also a buffet where you can get an omelet cooked to order. There is bagels and locks, and there was salads, and there were cereals. There is something for everybody. And I would tell you the same thing at lunch. You could – they um, most days they had two hot dishes. It was usually a pasta or something like that. But then you could get a burger or you could get um, sandwiches. So that's a wide range. And at dinner – The menu had two sides. One side was what they called, I forget what the word they used for it, but I would say that was for people who are worried about being picky eaters. You could get grilled salmon, a grilled chicken breast, a grilled steak, or a Caesar salad, and you could add or subtract things from them. The other side was more chef's creations. They would be, they would change every day. They would try and sort of match it to your destination. Um, But there was a much wider variety. But if you didn't like what was on that, you could always say, I'd like the New York strip. So if you're a meat and potatoes kind of eater, then there's definitely that for you at every single dinner. So my my bad meal was Thanksgiving. I thought that was just a disaster meal. I asked the server – I said, is the chef going to make gravy? And his response was, what's gravy? Yeah, we knew we were in trouble. Uh-oh. So, but my, a meal that I remember because it was surprisingly good was the chef's table. Now, we had gone and read the menu for the chef's table. I'm going to share it with Kevin so he can remind himself of what we had. And it scared me. There's a lot of foam listed and a lot of, uh, you know, things that seemed a little too frou-frou and fancy and I thought oh this is going to be horrible there's going to be little tasting things and we were very much surprised at how good the food was but also how much we got we thought oh we're going to be starving after this what are we going to do and I thought that the the meal was good do you agree with that that I did I I when I first read the menu I thought oh my gosh we said we're not going to do it and then gradually through the course of the cruise People would say to us, oh, did you do the chef's table? It's very good. You should do it. It's very good. I'm going to read you the menu so you know what we're talking about. Uh, When you arrive, there's bread and butter. And then there's a chef's welcome, which is a feta cheese panna cotta, matcha dill sauce, cucumber, and brioche. Now, I have to tell you, none of those words sound appealing to me. And the word panna cotta makes John shiver. It was delicious. It was like a cheese mousse. It was del- it was incredible. The appetizer was a scallop, tiger prawns, uh, grosia, beet, 
tahini hummus, avocado, and sepia ink. And this was a plate with a several different things on it. Not huge portions, but good, uh, more like two bite options. And both of us sent back plates that were absolutely clean. And again, again, a surprise because none of those, those things don't, doesn't sound great. Uh, the soup was an Asian Tom Ka coconut, T-O-M-K-A, coconut soup, sea bream, chardonnay foam, hickory salmon. These were your options with yakitori sauce and blueberry sorbet. Again, this came out as a, on a platter. So you got all of those. And then the and main again, I was I was scared when I saw this coconut soup and I saw these other things. I thought I'm never going to eat this. Everything was delicious. There was at the main course was braised beef cheek, porcini sauce, short ribs, and prune sauce, or a vegetarian entree: golden beets, golden asparagus, pumpkin mash, potato pumpkin gratin. All I can tell you is this: app, the entree was. Two different kinds of beef. So you got the beef cheek and you got the beef um, short rib. They were incredible. And they were big portions. Tender, uh, sauced well, juicy. You know, you read the word prune sauce. Right. And you think, it was delicious. It was more of a brown gravy with like a hint of fruit in it. I couldn't, we loved it. And we didn't do this restaurant until like the last night or two. That we could do so it, we yeah. didn't really have a chance to go back, but it was delicious. And we were, we had met another couple, very, very nice couple on the cruise, and we were talking to them, and they were going to do it the same night we were going to do it. And we had said, Well, did you read the menu? It's a little weird, and I don't know if we're going to like it. And they read the menu, and they actually stayed out that night. I know. We felt bad. We felt bad that we sort of we talked people out of it. Talked them out of going on it. So really, really. Again, this was the surprise of very, very good food, delicious food. The rest of the cruise, I would say, was good, but just not memorable. The only disaster was Thanksgiving, and that's because you go into it with an expectation of what Thanksgiving is going to look like. If you can get away with uh, from that and order something, because you didn't have to have the Thanksgiving dinner. You could have ordered a steak or a grilled chicken breast. If you can get away from your expectation of what a holiday should be in the United States – or wherever you're from, you'll do better. As with any cruise you go on, if you don't like what you order, order something else. You can order more than one. They were more than happy to bring me two entrees one night because I wanted to try both. So, you know, the the crew was very accommodating. I want to point out that wine and beer are included with your dinner and your lunch. Um so you if know, you ask at breakfast, they'd probably say probably. Yes too. So you know that's for folks who I think, well, what am I going to drink? You know, you can certainly have the included uh, alcohol with that, and there's a full bar where you could have ordered something else and paid for it. But in general, we had a great time. We love this cruise. We are doing more river cruises. We're excited to do more river cruises. I want to try to get on the Rhone. Me too. If possible. Just to let you know. We have enjoyed the Christmas market. We went first because we wanted to go. We went the second time because ABD asked us to go. And we have booked a third River Market cruise next year. We're going on the Rhine. So we're going to get a different taste of it. If you're interested in this year, there's actually 2019, there's actually space on Disney's Adventures by Disney Ama Christmas Markets cruise that they've added. So that's something where, you know, sometimes they fill out so far in advance you can't get on them. However, on, we're going on a Viking River cruise in December, and I just checked for somebody the other day, and there were two staterooms left on the entire ship. 
Viking tend the Christmas market cruises tend to fill up very quickly. I also want to point out too, uh, in the past they've done this. I don't. I think they're going to do it going forward. They'll do special food and Disney and Adventures by Disney and AMA will do special food and wine cruises. So these are uh, adult only, highly sought after. Twenty twenty. There's another Oktoberfest cruise. Another Oktoberfest cruise. So something to consider for sure. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll love it. If you are a Dreams Unlimited Travel client and you want to book um, your river cruise or any other adventures by Disney Vacation, contact your agent. They will be happy to help you. If you do not have an agent, contact Kevin, Kevin at DreamsUnlimitedTravel.com or me, John at DreamsUnlimitedTravel.com. And we will be happy to um, get you to someone who can book an Adventures by Disney River Cruise or anything else that you're interested in. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kevin, for helping me with this conversation. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation. (laughs) 